0: But today I get, the, uh, I get the privilege of finishing up our series on hope. Uh, we've been doing a Christmas series on hope the last several weeks. Uh, I get to finish that up today. And I wanted to walk you back quickly through what we've covered. Uh, so we decided to do a series, kind of a, a little bit different structure over Christmas on hope. And we started several weeks ago <clears throat> with a message <clears throat> Excuse me, on the prophecy of hope. So we walked back before the birth of Jesus, we walked back some 700 years before the birth of Jesus and took a look at the state of God's people, the state of Israel, uh, some 700 years before his birth and what was going on. And it was a time where they were uh, not following God. It was a time where they had fallen away from God, not just the people, but their kings and leaders Uh, They were facing military oppression. They were facing uh, uh, invasion and captivity. And God brought a prophecy to them that not only was he going to use their oppressors to take them into this captivity and judgment, um, punishment for their sins, but coming out of that time of deep darkness, that time of oppression and captivity, he was going to bring a light. And we found in Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah, that this light was going to come to them out of Galilee. And we walked through that. That light was going to come, and it was going to be a Messiah. It was going to be a coming king, and it was going to be coming from the birth of a child. And so God was going to deliver them from darkness into light. And there was the hope of that light coming to God's people in the form of the birth of a child. So that was the prophecy of hope. And then we walked, uh, Pastor Len gave us a great message on what it looks like to wait in hope. Waiting in hope. And not only waiting in hope, so God's people in Israel waited that. That message came 700 some years before the birth of Jesus, the fulfillment of that hope. They had to wait 700 some years for that prophecy to be fulfilled. But in that time, there was 400 years where they didn't even hear from God. God was silent and not speaking. And so there was a long period of waiting in hope. And even when that silence was broken, and the angel came down and spoke to Mary, there was time of waiting in hope for Mary. Her waiting while she was going to be the mother of of the Son of God. And so we had a message on waiting in hope. What does that look like for us in our lives? And what joy can we find out of waiting? And then we got two messages Uh, Last week at Christmas Eve and then the day after Christmas from Pastor Sean, we had the message on that final fulfillment, the birth of hope in Jesus, the fulfillment of that prophecy, Jesus coming and being born to us. And then after that, we got an unexpected message from Pastor Sean on unexpected hope, how when hope came in the form of Jesus, it actually was unexpected still. Even for those who knew the prophecy, it was unexpected because Jesus came as a king who didn't fit our mold. He didn't fit our box. He didn't fit what we thought that hope and king should be. It wasn't a political or a military leader to reign and conquer. He was a king who came to reign in peace and bring salvation to the world. And so it was unexpected hope. And today I get to finish that up. We're going to talk today about the reality of hope. We're going to move But we're going to move forward from, you know, thousands of years of talking back in Israel's history and the time before Christ and then the time of Christ with Mary and Herod and Jesus. And we're going to move fast forward to us in our context today. We've seen hope. We've seen how God prophesied hope, delivered hope. Hope was unexpected. But what does it look like in your life today? What does hope look like in your life and my life today? In the ups and the downs, the struggles and the joys, what is the reality of hope? So would you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we give this day to you, Lord. Um, we give this day, this new year that we're going into, we give it all to you, Lord. Uh, and we, we pray that you are our hope and the deliverance of that hope in our lives. Um, our ultimate hope, Lord, and our hope in our daily ups, downs, and struggles, Lord, that you are a shining light to each and every one of us in hope. Lord, I pray that this message sinks in and, and hits in the hearts of your people. That's not a message of me or anyone else, Lord, or anyone here, but it's your message and your word, Lord. Let your truth reign. In your name, amen. So the reality of hope uh, is the title for this message, and it's, it's kind of clever. I'll give Sean all the credit in the world on that when he came up with it. Uh, but it's, I find it clever because it's two words that don't actually agree with each other. So reality and hope. Uh, they're, they're kind of, they oppose each other, right? They, 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 they don't get along. They don't jive. Reality, right? What's reality? Reality is your life. It's what you know. It's truth. Reality is what it is, right? It's who you are, what you experience, what happened this morning, you sitting in this seat. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. That's reality. Reality is what we expect to happen. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but that's reality. But hope, hope is something different. Hope in our lives, we experience different, we feel it different. Hope many times is what we have to escape reality, right? Hope is the what could be, what might be, the chance that something's different. That's what hope looks like. It's much different than reality. There's no certainty or guarantee in hope like that, like we see in reality. And today what we want to do, what I want to do with you is I want to walk through uh, several different types of what what I'm going to call worldly hope. Hopes that we put and we see in our daily lives and how we live and in our world. And then I want to oppose that with what the Bible says hope should look like. So what is worldly hope? Well, there's, there's four different kinds I want to talk about, and we're just coming out of Christmas, um, and I know Christmas brings a, a great time of worldly hope, especially in the younger people and kids. I've got two young girls, and uh, they have a lot of hope that starts building around the time of Thanksgiving uh, because we get toy catalogs that start to come to our house. And there is a great flourish of hope that comes in those catalogs. My little four-year-old was going through each page, and she would circle the things she wanted, and then eventually star next to them. She found stickers and put it next to those folded pages, and eventually her hope in what she was getting for Christmas was building. She would find all these catalogs, put all there, and her hope of what she might open up on Christmas started to build. And it was a fun hope. I mean, that's, we hope in things like that, things that we see or we want. There's no guarantee that we're going to have any of them. There's no real reality in it when we're hoping in those things. She may or may not get any of those things. But she's putting and investing a lot of hope that she might get them. And hope can be fun. I mean, that's fun kind of hope. Um, there's another kind of hope that's like that. I know my family... Um, we, we, as a family, put a lot of hope in, in vacations and things we're going to do together, right? I'm sure many of you do. We're big Disney people, and uh, I love talking about Disney because you can see uh, right away whether people are opposed to Disney or fans. It's like it splits people right down the middle. Look at it, Josh. They went on a Disney vacation down there, um, there's people out there that when you talk about going to Disney, they're either crazy excited about it or they're thinking crowds and kids and money and hot weather and rain. And like that is absolutely a nightmare and I'll ever want to do it again, right? I see you out there, Norm. Um, so Disney splits people down the middle. But my family, we have a lot of hope in Disney. Uh, we hope to go back again. We hope to have those same experiences we did. We hope to see characters and ride rides. And it's fun hope. Like we, we plan and we put a lot of hope into it. There's, there's not a lot of reality. There's some, but there's not a lot of reality because we don't know if we're actually going to get to go, especially in this crazy world we're in. Um, but we hope. And that hope is really built on, well, it's built on what we've experienced before. We put hope that we're going to do it again because we liked it. We want to do that again. And we build and invest a lot of hope in that. The third kind of hope out there is, is I think, one that we probably invest maybe too much time in, and it's the the big fanciful hope. It's the one-in-a-million-chance hope. It's the the win-the-lottery hope. It's the full escape from reality. I want everything in my life and my situation to change. If I just got selected, if I just won, if that incredible thing that I saw happen to some random person online happens to me, everything in my reality could change and be different. Everything I don't like would be gone, and things would be better. I think we spend a lot of time. That's a fun kind of hope, too, but maybe we spend a little bit more time and investment in it. And to be quite honest, that kind of hope is probably furthest from actual reality. And the fourth kind of hope, the last one here, is it's probably the closest to reality and usually not as much fun. But it's the kind of hope a lot of us have and maybe we've had for the last 18 to 24 months. It's the kind of hope that's like, I hope I have a job next week and I I hope I can pay my bills or I hope I can put food on the table or I hope I don't get COVID or I hope I get better or I hope a loved one doesn't pass away. There's a lot of hope that's not as fun, but we invest in. And the reality is that even that hope isn't based in anything we can be assured of or certain of, but we hope in it. We put a lot of hope in these things. And while all four of these are different, they're different kinds of hope, we approach them differently, There's, there's two things that are very similar. One is none of them are tied directly to assurance or certainty or reality. It's just hope. They're not tied directly to reality. They may become reality, but they're not there. You don't have any certainty in any of those things. Christmas lists, vacations, the lottery, you know, you, you pick it. Whether you have a job tomorrow, there's no assurance and certainty in that, but we hope in it. And the other thing that's common amongst all of them, and I'm not sure if you've ever thought about this, but when we put our hope in worldly things, when we hope in the, 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 even the good stuff, get a Christmas gift a promotion, you know, vacation, any of these things. when you put hope in worldly things, past experiences, what you're doing is actually bringing, you're bringing doubt into your life. You're bringing and asking doubt to come in your life, because when you put hope into something that isn't assured or certain, that means that you've put hope into something that's just up to chance. Sure, there's a chance you could go on vacation. There's a chance my daughter might get that gift. There's a chance you might have a job next week, but there's also a chance you may not. And doubt comes in. And it's no wonder this world struggles so much with hope or even say we've lost hope. We struggle with commitment. We struggle with depression and sadness because when we put so much of our time and our effort our emotional investment and these kinds of hope that don't have any assurance or certainty to them, when we put so much investment in it, and then chance falls flat. Chance doesn't go your way. You don't have the job. You didn't get the gift. You don't get to go on vacation. You don't have the promotion. You can't pay the bills. When chance falls flat, that hope is gone, and what you're left with is, is the downs. You're left with the sadness and the depression, and a lot of what we're seeing in this world. That's what happens when we invest in worldly hope, and we do it so much. But there's another kind of hope out there, and it's the hope that comes in Scripture. It's the hope that God gives us, and what God does is when He talks about hope, He flips that definition on its head. He flips our expectation of hope on its head, and I want to read that to you today. The Bible, our scripture, our God is all about hope. And there's lots of places we could go to for hope. And I'm actually going to, we're going to talk about a verse here today. We're going to hit a few different scriptures. We're going to talk about a verse that maybe you wouldn't go to first for hope. But I think it just, it really defines it for us. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you're familiar with Hebrews 11, um, it's a passage that's actually all about faith. It's a big, even in your Bibles, you may have a heading that's by faith or faith itself. And here's what Hebrews 11.1 one says. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you were to go on in Hebrews 11, you'd find that it's like this monumental chapter and passage on faith. It goes through the big people uh, in the Bible. It, goes, it talks about the big heroes of the faith and what it looked like for them to live out a life of faith, to follow God, to hope in God, and live out that life of faith and see incredible things happen in their lives. And even things that God promised to them, those promises of God that they lived out in faith, some didn't come to fruition in their lives, but God still brought them to completion. And what does it look like to live that life of faith? But what I love about this is Hebrews 11, the author here, God brings this message to him, and he defines that incredible faith that they had that faith that we should have, how we should live our lives by God, this life of faith, he defines it by hope. And he says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. That's biblical hope. And it's different than all those other hopes we talked for because that doesn't bring in chance. Assurance isn't chance. Assurance isn't what might be or could be. Just maybe. Assurance is reality. That's the kind of hope God calls us to. If you were to go in the language study, I love looking back at the language here. You look at the Greek that's used for this word hope. If you go back and look at this, it actually expands the definition out. It disp- expands this definition of hope and says that hope is something you should expect. That word hope means something you should expect or trust in. Reread Hebrews 11 with me with that concept. Hope is something you can expect or trust in. It would say, now faith is the assurance of things you should expect to happen. Faith is the assurance of things you should trust in. Church, can you imagine living life moving forward when you hope in something you live a life not by chance or what might or could be but you live a life of expectation you live a life where you expect god to do what he's going to do you expect and trust in god to show up that's what hope looks like in your life it's not oh what may change my reality it's what god says is going to happen that's the kind of hope that god calls us to That's biblical hope, and it's different from our hope because our hope, our worldly hope, is based on, well, us and our experiences and what we want to happen again and what we could do to change our circumstances or what somebody else in this world might do to help us out, and that's why chance comes in, and that's why it's the what's and could be's and the mites and the doubt's, but that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is based not in us, but it's based in God. It's based in God himself, a God who is who he says he is and does what he says he's going to do. That's where trust comes in in expectation because God doesn't leave anything unfinished. When God says he's going to do something, he does it. And if you haven't spent time in your scriptures to see this for yourself, you should. And it's not just little things, it's big things, right? We know the stories. God says he's going to do big things. He's going to destroy the world with the flood and save Noah. And guess what? He does it. God says he's going to take Abraham, a man well past his childbearing age and his barren wife, and not only is he going to give him a child, but he's going to make descendants like the stars and the sands. And he does it. Out of all odds, miraculously does it. He takes the people who were in captivity of the Egyptians, Right, takes slaves and a nation of people that are slaves and says, I'm going to deliver you out of this. And I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. And guess what? Miraculously, he does it. God always delivers. He told David that he was going to have a king that was going to always reign on his throne. And we just came out of Christmas and the prophecies. And God brought his son to reign. God is a God we can trust, because he is who he says he is, and he does what he says he's going to do. In fact, we see Paul takes this concept. If we go into to Romans, Romans speaks all over about faith and, and hope. And in Romans 15, uh, verse 13, Paul talks about God and hope, and he says, May the God of hope, not just that God has hope or gives hope, but God is Hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can abound in hope. God is hope. We're not hope. This world isn't hope. There's nothing out there that you can go find or make hope. Hope is something you can be assured of and certain of because it comes from God himself who is who he says he is. And I love this word abound here in Romans 15. He says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may abound in hope. Abound is this word that means to be abundant and to flourish. So think about what, what Paul's saying here. God is speaking through Paul. He's saying that not only does the God who is hope want you to have hope and be assured and certain of it, but he wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive in the expectation of hope. He wants you to thrive and abound in what you may do and what he is going to do in your life in those promises. That's what the God of hope does. That's what hope looks like in Jesus. And and it it goes further, right? This concept of hope um, in Hebrews 11 It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's an encouragement, right? It's an encouragement that there's a different hope out there, a hope for you and I, a hope that we can be assured of. But there's also a warning here. There's a warning in the second half of this. It's an encouragement that there's a different kind of hope that we should trust in and expect. But the second half of this says, it's the conviction of things not seen. You see, there's a warning that says there's hope out there and we should live our life in an expectation of hope. But don't fall back into hoping on things you've already experienced. Don't fall back into hoping in the things you've seen in this world. Don't fall back into hoping on things that others have this world can give you. Don't fall back into hoping on monetary success, promotions, your job, your school. Don't fall back into that kind of hope because that kind of hope pales in comparison to the hope of Jesus. The hope that's before you. The hope that's unseen. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of those things unseen. There's a different kind of hope out there. And so what does that hope look like? What is this hope, this unseen hope that we should have? What kind of hope is out there for us if it's not in the things we've experienced, if it's not in this worldly treasures? What is the hope we should look for that we should trust in and expect? I want to break it into two categories for you today. First is ultimate hope. I want to talk about ultimate hope, and then I want to talk about daily hope. What is daily hope in our lives, in the everyday everyday life and ups and downs we go through? But we start with ultimate hope. We start with ultimate hope because it's the most important thing out there. Ultimate hope is the most important thing out there, and it's the hope that comes with salvation. If we read in Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 23, it says, And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait for our adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. We wait for our adoption as sons and redemption of our body. For in this hope we were saved. And hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what he has seen? Have you ever thought about salvation and hope together? Did you know that when you are given the gift of salvation, you are given the gift of hope? It's a package deal that comes. When God saves you, when you have and accept and receive that gift of salvation, you get a gift of hope that's yours, and it's yours forever. It can't be taken away from you, and it's something you can be sure of. It's something you can be certain of. It's hope for this future redemption and eternal life with Jesus. That's what comes with salvation. Salvation is hope, and hope comes with salvation. Package deal. They're yours. They hold hands, and they can't be taken away. That's the ultimate and greatest hope that's out there. And, and we, we should stop. If that message, if, if you're out there today, and maybe you're hearing this hope message... And you have been having the Jesus conversation. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you, this is the first time you've heard the Jesus conversation. Maybe you're just trying to figure out who Jesus is and this hope and salvation. You should know that that message, this, this message of hope and salvation, is, it's the most important thing you're going to hear today or tomorrow or this week or this year or the rest of your life. The, the message that there is hope for you, no matter what situation you're in, no matter how good your life's going, how bad your life's going, no matter what other people think of you or you think of yourself, no matter what struggles you have or victories you've had, the most important thing that you can hear today is that there is something greater for you that's guaranteed. And it's the hope of salvation. And the way that you get that, the way that that hope becomes yours is what you do is you take everything that you have and have held on to, you take your struggles and your hurts, or mic, you take everything that you've got, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, your struggles, I've got a mic coming in here, you take your sin, your burdens, you take... You take it all. There we go. You take all of it. You put in a big ball, everything that you can't handle anymore, and you hand that over to Jesus. You hand all of that over to him, and then he hands you back a gift. And it's the gift of hope. And it's a gift he gives you for all of your burden and struggle and shame, everything that you can't do and can't live up to, all the earthly hope that falls flat, all the chance that never comes through, he gives you back a gift of eternal salvation and hope in him. Hope of eternal salvation and redemption of him that you'll give to live a life in eternity with him. That's what Jesus does. That's the ultimate and greatest hope for any of us. And it's for all of us who know Jesus as our savior. And that's a hope that we should expect. But eternity feels like a long ways away sometimes, doesn't it? Like eternity does. For those of us who know Jesus, eternity feels like a long ways away. Even if we know we have that hope and salvation, we still have the daily ups and downs. We still have life that goes right and goes wrong. We still have struggles. We still have things that just don't work out for us. So is there hope? Is there this same Hebrews 11 hope, this assurance of hope? Things that we can be confident and certain of. Are these hopes in our daily ups and downs? In 2022, is that hope out there for you? When you leave here today, when you start your job this week, whatever it looks like, schooling, you go back, is there that hope that you can count on in Jesus in your daily life? And the answer is yes. It's there. And it's in the promises of God. If you don't know that hope, it's in the promises of God because when God says he's going to do something... He does it. And what I want to do today as we kind of transition here to the end is I want to read some of these things and challenge you in what you can hope and expect out of Jesus this year in your lives, all the different situations. I want to read some of these promises of God that we can expect and be assured of. The first one, and this is a big one, what would it look like to live in 2022 as if anything can happen? Like, really, anything can happen. What would it look like as a family, as an individual, as a student, as somebody here in this church, to live life like anything can actually happen? To put yourself aside and say, well, I can't, none of that stuff can actually happen because it's never happened to me before, or because I'm not able to do that, or I'm not in the right situation. To throw all of that aside And say, well, yeah, I think anything could happen if I allow God to do it. If I allow God to do it. Matthew 19, we hear that God says, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says that things, we're talking about salvation, but there are things that are just impossible with men. There are things that men just can't do. We've felt that in our lives. Hope doesn't always come true for us in earthly things. There's things we can't do, but guess what? He says... With God, all things are possible. What would it look like for you to live out your life in 2022 expecting that hope from Jesus? Expecting that there's no barrier he can't turn down, there's no mountain he can't move, there's nothing he can't do if you let him. What would it look like to hope in the Matthew 19 promise of Jesus? Next. We were just in Romans 8. Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What about hoping that God's going to do what he's going to say he's going to do? What about giving God the benefit of the doubt in 2022? You know, I think oftentimes we we look at our lives and our situations and and we lose hope because we just don't think things are going to work out for us. We lose hope because we haven't seen it happen before. But what would it look like in this next year for you to live a life where you give God the benefit of the doubt, where you give God the chance, you give God the ability to do what he says he's going to do? Things may not look like they're going well. They may not look like they're good, but God has given us a promise that he's going to work everything, the good, the bad, the ups and downs, for good for his people. What does it look like to hope in a God who's going to do that? How about a good one? This is great. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Have you felt blessings of God in your life? Have you felt and experienced the blessing of God in your life? Or have you thought that blessings are only when things are going well? Or maybe blessings are only for really spiritual people? Or blessings are something that only come around every once in a while? What would it look like this year for you to live your life expecting God to bless you? expecting God to show up in your life and bless your life, bless your relationships, bless your work, bless your ministry, bless your family. Did you know that you can expect God to provide blessings for you when you follow him? When you follow Jesus, give your life to him, turn it over, give him the benefit of the doubt, he is going to bring blessings in your life. He has said he will. And all you've gotta do is receive it. What would your life look like this year? If you just receive the blessings from God. There's so many, so many more here I have. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit as he has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What does it look like to have hope in the power of Jesus? Did you know there's so much that we can't do on our own, but Jesus can do anything? What would it look like for you to be a minister for Jesus Christ? Unashamedly, unabashedly, go out and let the power of the Holy Spirit work in you to your friends, your families, your co-workers, your city, in your ministries. What would it look like if you put your hope that Jesus is going to bring power to your life, that Jesus is going to bring power to the ministry, that Jesus is going to bring power in your prayers, that you don't have to be strong enough or good enough or smart enough, but that Jesus will be the power and the Holy Spirit will work in you for good. Can you have that kind of hope this year where you expect him to show up in power? These are the promises of God. John 14, he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. What does it look like to live your life knowing that Jesus will never let go of you? That you can hold on to a promise that no matter what happens this next year, this next day, this next month, that Jesus isn't gonna let you go. That not only has he got to let you go, he's got a place prepared for you. That he's taken you with him. That he has given you hope of salvation and a hope of redemption with him that you're never going to lose. And he's gone to prepare a place for you. No matter what happens in this life, in this world. No matter what happens this year. No matter what happens with COVID and work and jobs and school and church. That Jesus is true. And he's got you. What does it look like to hope that way? There's so many more of these. <laughs> so many more of these I have here. I think what I want to do is, as we close here today, as we come to close, I want to I encourage you and challenge you. I want to challenge you to live your life this next year, today, this morning. Live a life where you hope with expectation. Where you hope with certainty and assurance of Jesus. Where you hope in trust in what he says. And how do you do it? Well, that's the other great thing. That's the great thing here is that Jesus doesn't make this real complicated for us. He doesn't make hope complicated. He doesn't make following him hard. He doesn't make faith so difficult that only the the big, you know, monsters of the faith, the Abrahams and Moses and Davids can do it. It makes hope easy. Romans chapter 10, Paul tells us that faith, that Hebrews 11 faith that's built and founded in hope, where do we get it? Where do you get it and find it in your daily life? Where do you find the hope that Jesus wants you to trust in? He says this, faith comes from hearing the message and the message comes from the word of Christ. If you're looking for hope this year that you can expect, if you're looking for certainty and trust, if you're looking for something different in your life, if you're looking for God to show up, it's in his word. It's not hard. It's right here. And if you have spent time in his word before and you haven't seen it, maybe you're not receiving the hope that God's given to you. So here's my challenge, church. What does it look like as individuals as community groups, as ministries, as a church, as a leadership team, what does it look for us like for us to spend time in God's word looking at his promises and receiving them? What does it look like for us as a church to say that anything's possible with God this year and to expect him to show up? To expect him to show up in our pastor search, in our growing ministries, in our outreach to our community? What does it look like for us to see his promises that says he's going to be there and give us the power, not leave us and grow his ministry in us and expect it to happen? That's my prayer for us this year. That's my challenge for you, for all of us, is to spend more time in his word, seeing his promises and expecting him to show up. That's where we should put our hope in this year. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the words you've given us. Thank you for being a God who shows up. Thank you for being a God of hope, of being a God who we can trust in and we can expect to be there, Lord. Lord, this year coming up, show up in our lives. Show up in the lives of your people and the lives of your church, Lord. Build hope in your people. God, let your Holy Spirit empower us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.